If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is Rod Lockwood who's the Managing Director of Definity Events who of course bring us Equitana. How are you today Rod? Hello, Glennis. I'm very well, thank you, and uh, thank you for the opportunity of speaking to you. Oh, good to talk to you, Rod. I'm pretty excited about this one. Well, I'm listening to you uh, to your introduction. You've actually made me uh, excited. <laughs> well, I'm pretty excited about Equitana coming up, actually. So, um, yes, good to go down there again. You know, been there a few times. Know what a great event. I actually went the first time was in Brisbane. You know, I think Equitana's only been in Brisbane once, and that was the first time, and I think I've been hooked ever since. So, yeah, I'm pretty hooked. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yes, we did two, actually, in Brisbane. Oh, I must have missed one. Yes, yeah. Yep. So uh, we, we couldn't we couldn't uh, make it work properly there the way we wanted to, so uh, we only did the two. It probably hasn't got the population. I mean, we all love Queensland, but it probably hasn't got the same population that it has in Melbourne and Sydney. Yes, and for us, um, the venues are very difficult. Yes. And that was an issue in Brisbane as well because, you know, with the European quality that we try and build for Australia, um, the venues are extremely difficult. Mm, and uh, mm. that's why Melbourne has always been the traditional home of Equitana uh, yep. because it has the venues. Okay. Okay, good. Now, I know that you're super motivated, but... Your favourite quote, tell me what it is, because I thought it was a really good one. Well, I'm naturally motivated as a person, so mm -hmm. I'm not a big one for um, quotes. I suppose if you really put me against the wall, I'd say, you know, never give up, never allow yep. yourself to be beaten. Uh, and that's my my motivation. It's probably my quote. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I find that, um, you know, creating um, events like Equitana and um, then seeing them through to fruition is motivation enough for me. You know, they're very big beasts. They're very sophisticated. So, yes, um, yes. It's, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of motivation um, to see them through. And, yeah, and uh, yeah. I've been doing Equitana for 20 years, so you can imagine it's a great the record. motivation involved with that. For sure, mm. for sure. But I know that you're not just a businessman who sees the opportunity with horses. I know you've got a horse background. Have you got an early memory or something that you'd like to tell us about with horses? Yes, one of the happiest days of my life was when my father gave me a, a horse for my birthday. Mm -hmm. I was four years of age. Wow. We lived on a farm on the Mornington Peninsula at a place called Pearsdale. And um, he thought it was something that a... Um, that his young children would really benefit by. And uh, uh, it just luckily coincided with my fourth birthday. And even though I had um, older sisters and brothers, uh, he decided that the, the motivation for getting the horse would be my birthday, but everyone would share it. And uh, so he gave uh, me a horse called Lady. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really loved that horse, and it really taught me a lot 
about caring and uh, and taught me a lot about patience and uh, it was uh, it was wonderful i really loved that horse and uh, yes. had it for quite a few years mm. Mm. so uh, yeah that's my earliest memory and my father actually died when i was only six okay so it was the, the horse was the common denominator and uh, it was uh, when he died i still had that horse uh, to remember him by as well so it was a a very, very special thing and uh, gave me a great love of horses, uh, mm. which I've carried mm. all my life, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, good old lady was uh, is, uh, has a great place in my heart. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. What a great mm. gift from your father. It was. And it was interesting because uh, none of us, including my father, um, had any knowledge uh, or background with horses at all. Mm-hmm. And my father was a bit of a, uh, I suppose you'd call him in Melbourne, a, a Collins Street farmer. So he was a businessman. Um, but if um, anyone ever asked him what he did, he'd say, oh, I'm a farmer. <laughs> okay. Uh, even though he was a, a businessman in his own right. But that's, you could you could um, tell that that was his first love. Yep. And he was very keen for his children to embrace this fantastic lifestyle that he wanted us to have. Mm-hmm. And the horse and animals uh, were very much a part of that. So each of us were allocated chores, and eventually when I was old enough, because I certainly couldn't do much when I was four, um, but um, soon after he passed away, the, the horse became my responsibility. And uh, you know, I, I feel that it, it, uh, his gift was setting me up with something to care for and mm. something that was completely reliant on me to look after it and to learn how to ride it properly. Yep. And um, I was never I was never a great rider, that's for sure. <laughs> I was a, a complete matter hack, but uh, the fact is that um, uh, it was something I really treasured and um, it taught me about patience and caring for something else and, uh, and uh, you know, it kept me um, very... Uh, uh, focused and outdoors as well, yep. and I think uh, um, regional or country kids would understand that even to this day. But, um, city kids just don't get enough of that, and uh, you know there should be more of it. Frankly, still today, rather than uh, all these computer games and uh, mm, mm. this uh, very unhealthy lifestyle that uh, we're seeing more and more in modern society. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get any argument from any of the people listening. You know, totally agree with you there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I don't think anyone else would uh, disagree that we can all learn so much from horses as well. Yes. You know, yep. the, the the training involved with such a powerful animal um, is uh, teaches ourselves so much as well. And, uh, you know, I feel, felt that um, having that responsibility of looking after ladies was something that's uh, really set me up and made me a, a better person as well. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that we try and bring out in Equitana as well um, through the education program. And horsemanship activities like the way of the horse are really important to, to bring that out and, and showcase just how good Australians are at this. And, um, you know, the, the horses are such a proud part of our history anyway. Yep. And, um, Anyone who's ever been involved with a horse uh, is passionate about a horse for the rest of their lives. So it's, mm-hmm. it's great to be able to showcase that to yes. Equitana. And, and when you talk about motivation, that's exactly what does the motivate motivation. me. And uh, mm. that's right. That's yep. right.
Yeah. Mm. Tell us about then. I want you to think back, you know, it's going to be 20 plus years ago. When you first got the idea, and I'm sure it didn't happen as a four-year-old or a six-year-old, but when you first got the idea to put together an event like Equitana, what what was the first idea? You know, what gave you the idea? What was it like one defining moment? Was it a series of moments or a series of things that happened? What started it all off? Yeah, it was um, it was very interesting because uh, it was actually it was a series of um, of activities and suggestions, and there was sort of a road that that led to it. And, mm. uh, so, um, my partner and I, Daryl Herbert, and Daryl was probably the main motivation for Equitana. Um, he and I were in partnership, and we were doing a lot of music events, and we developed a lot of expertise and a good reputation for outdoor events, and uh, a couple of them, uh, one being the Melbourne International Music Festival, sponsored by uh, Tourism Victoria from those days, and Tourism Victoria were undertaking a review of the Spring Carnival at the time, because the Victorian government could see that the equine industry, when you couple it with um, agriculture, etc., it's a huge industry. And it's a very important industry, but particularly when you're wanting to engage with um, regional Australia. So they came to us and said, you know, uh, we support you through the music events. We know the expertise in outdoor events that you have, and we were doing expos and all sorts of things. And um, a fellow uh, called uh, Brendan Downey was the guy, and he was a very clever tourism events man and could see the economic impact that events could do. And he, what he was saying was that um, Victoria is world-renowned for the Spring Carnival and the Melbourne Cup. Yes. But the Victorian government don't want to be just seen as supporting horse racing. They want to be seen as promoting the entire equine industry. Mm-hmm. So they wanted an event which would finish off the Spring Carnival but showcase sports horses um, equine industry and uh, the equine community beyond uh, just horse racing. They wanted to do the equine sports as well. So he challenged us to come up with an event that would do exactly that and to bring it to Victoria and create it. So um, with their support, we did a, a global review of equine events, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, I was given that because I and Daryl knew that I had this love of horses and had, had a you know, horse as a child. He said, "Why don't you do it as a as a special project?" Which I did, and really embraced it. And um, we uh, came up with a German event called Equitana. And to us, that looked like the perfect event because it showcased um, industry. It had a whole education where trainers and uh, new products could um, showcase their abilities and, and, um, and new products available. Uh, there was the competition components. And in Germany, of course, it was all about the Olympic disciplines. Um, and uh, they had this huge entertainment um side of it called the Hot Top Show, uh, which was very cheesy, very German, but nevertheless very professional. And uh, it was a great formula that we thought would fit right into uh, to, to the solution that Victoria was looking for. 
So we all went over there, Brendan, Darrell, uh, and I, and we um, we negotiated the rights uh, to bring Equitana to Australia. And uh, it was it was uh, fascinating because, uh, in a very Germanic way, the owners, uh, which are one of the world's biggest exhibition groups called Reed uh, Exhibitions, they said, "You know, what do you want?" And we said, "Well, we'd like the rights to Australasia." Mm. And they said, so they put a line through the map, which included China, Japan. Oh, wow. Wow. Asia Pacific. Yep. And said, you know, do you want that? (laughs) (laughs) We said, sure, we'll we'll take that. And 20 years ago, there wasn't that much interest in doing business in China. It was still a very closed market. Mm. So they gave us that. And they gave us a 20-year license. And and, uh, so we we had those rights, bought it, and... uh, at our first event, which was um, the lead-in to that, was just fascinating. So I can tell you about that if you'd like, because it's, it's a good story. You know what I'm thinking, Rod, because we talk a lot about careers within the horse industry, and I think this is a way, and there's so many unique careers in the horse industry, and this is a way you've been able to bring in your professional background, your love of horses, and still have a career in the horse industry. You know, I'm just thinking it's another unique Mm. way of having another career in the horse industry. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to hear whatever you've got. If you've got some a good story, which sounds like you have because you're a good storyteller, if you'd like to tell us about that for sure. Well, because it was it's very interesting because you, you you talk about the careers aspect, and mm. I'll, I'll go into that a bit later. But um, because you know, there's many aspects to the events because there's hundreds and hundreds of events all around Australia involving the equine community. And uh, when you look at the all the components of it, uh, there's huge amounts of careers in events, equine tourism, um, the equine industry. Uh, when you think of all the corporates that are involved with it uh, at various levels of government, people underestimate just the size of the equine community. Yes. And that leads into the story because um, what we found when we started working on bringing Equitana to Australia was just how disparate the equine industry was because no one ever talked to each other. No one actually knew Mm. what anyone else did. And we had huge issues with bringing for instance, the Olympic disciplines and the Western disciplines together because they hated each other. <laughs> because you know, at the time, dressage was seen as the elite sport and that sort of got all the sponsorship and all the support and there was a lot of jealousy, etc. Um, the Olympic disciplines got the government funding. No one else did. And uh, there were a lot of people on the land doing it tough but um, loved their equine sport in raining and cutting and camp dressing, etc. And they, they they felt very left out and very marginalised. And um, so when we brought them together, we, we we literally had pushing and shoving in our meeting room, really? trying to get everyone <laughs> together to agree. Because we wanted, and we always wanted to do this, and we've always uh, been driven to achieve what I call the Swiss environment. And Equitana is about being uh, very equal and being very fair to all the sports discipline. And that over the 20 years, we've tried to, to um, showcase you know, literally every style of riding, every discipline, everything we can in an open environment. But getting it started was a bear because no one trusted each other. They were jealous of each other. 
and um, they, uh, there, were, there were a lot of beefs that needed to be sought out. And I'll tell you, my proudest day was when we finally, through all this work, opened the doors of our first Equitana. And I was standing behind the scenes because we had a, a Saturday night entertainment show and we had all these Western riders and dressage riders and uh, show jumpers and everyone was there. And, uh, we had ladies singing and playing guitars on horseback, the electric horse woman and all those sorts of things. And there in the back, right in the back, in a very quiet area, was a Western guy, I can't remember who it was, talking to a, a male dressage rider. Mm. And they were just chatting about techniques, horse training and all that. And the two of them are sitting there in, in intense, deep conversation saying, oh, that's really interesting. We do that that way as well. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. We, we use that technique. And, yep. oh, you hold the reins like that. And, oh. and, and I was looking at it and I, I, I was in fear that there were going to be punch-ups in the back. Mm. But instead of that, it brought people together. It got them talking. And it actually made everyone realise that we're all in the soup together. You know, we've all got the same sort of financial issues with horses. We've all got um, similar training techniques and we can compare notes. We can actually help each other. Yes, yes, I think that's a big thing. Yeah, and it was a uniting, it was a bringing together of minds. And Equitana now, after all these years, has become a fantastic networking place as well where people from different backgrounds, different interests and different disciplines come together, compare notes, help each other and really expand the industry in general. And um, if, if Equitana has achieved one thing, it is that. And I'm very proud of that. Mm, mm, for sure. I'm, that's a good thing to be proud of. Mm. Thinking about character skills, core skills, character traits of horse people, because I know that we stand out on our own, we, you know, sort of joined together in lots of things. What would you say are the core skills or character traits of horse people in general? You know, thinking, dressage, show jumping, western, cutting, you know, whatever. There's got to be some commonality there. Yeah, well, through my business, we're involved with a lot of sports. Mm. And the one thing that equine people, horse people stand out is passion. Yep. These are the most committed, passionate people you will ever meet. You know, they, they love their horses and they're driven by that. And they will invest in their horses. You know, the health of their horses is everything. And uh, it's, it's a fantastic common trait in, in real horse people. And the other thing is determination. You know, I dare anyone to try and stop a horse person from doing something when they set their mind on it. And it's quite often the, 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 the spirit is, you know, don't tell me why I can't do this. Just help me do it. Yep. And uh, that's, that's a common trait in everyone, determination. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, most people um, that I've found... Uh, use that in life and in business as well. So you, you quite often have a good quality horse person who's a great rider, and uh, uh, but they're also really successful, successful business people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I met a guy in New Zealand recently called Mitch Floor. Now he's very well known there. He's an extremely successful businessman, 
and he, he loves horses, and he's got this beautiful property um, at uh, Lake Kirapero, which is just divine. And he's investing a fortune in creating a world-class equestrian venue, uh, specifically for the Olympic discipline. But there is a man that uses his passion for horses and his knowledge of horses, and he uses that as a motivator in business as well, and using that determination and passion to drive him in business as well to immense success. Mm -hmm. And he's now reinvesting back into the equine industries, creating jobs, uh, he's creating world-class events, and uh, he's immensely respected for it at all levels of society. And it's a, it's a very, to me, it's, a, it's an interesting example. In Australia, a very similar gentleman is Terry Snow, who's built uh, Wollinga Park yep. just outside of Canberra in Batemans Bay in that area. I mean, there's a, there's a man who with immense success, and uh, uh, he's built a complex in Australia, which really is, is you know, it's divine. Mm. And it's, it, you know, a lot of people would say, well, as a, as a property, it's overcapitalized. But to him, he's saying, no, that's my passion. This is my passion. This is something that I'm really proud of. And, and good on him. And you know what? He's making it work. Yep. He really is. Yep. He's, uh, he, he's got events going there. He's uh, moved Brett Parbury, the great Australian mm -hmm. dresser yes. over there. He's breeding horses. Um, he's doing all disciplines. You know, he's got, um, he's had camp drafting and cutting and all sorts of things there, as well as the most magnificent dressage events, etc. So, now these are people that are motivated through their love of horses to do well in life as well. Mm, Great mm, mm. Tell me what the best thing about working with horse people, because you deal with a lot. What's the best thing about working with them? Yeah. Well, I just love working with honest, hardworking people. Yep. And most people I come across that we do business are exactly that. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know where you stand because they're they're blunt, they're direct, um, and uh, I've had very few problems dealing doing business with horse people because mm -hmm. uh, um, everyone speaks a common language, they have common goals, and they just want a fair and square deal that they know where they stand on, and and everyone will get famously get yep. on famously when uh, when you act like that. So. The ability to know where you stand with people is a great business trait, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I really appreciate in dealing with with uh, horse people. Okay, good, good. What about is there anyone in particular that's helped you, influenced you, helped you along the way? We're only allowed to say one now. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you've got a couple, that's okay. But generally, I'm just thinking you're probably going to think of about a hundred. Mm. Yeah, I could. But there's an absolute <laughs> standout who yep. has become a great friend and mentor for me, and that's Sandy Simons. Yes, yes. Uh, now, there's a fantastic woman, mm -hmm. and I urge everyone to read her book because uh, what a what a fantastic backstory and life story. You talk about determination. Wow, she's got it in spades. Yep. So, um, yeah, Sandy Simon's been an immense help to me. Um, Good. And um, to this day, she's helped us at every Equitana. Mm -hmm. um, she is our link into the um, equine community, and uh, she helps introduce us to people internationally for all the equine stars that we bring. So 
She's arranged for Stacey Westfall to come out from America this year, for instance. Yep. Um, and over the years, you know, uh, what she has done for us in developing events like The Way of the Horse, uh, you know, direct involvement and uh, um, the Connection Challenge that we're doing this year. You know, there's, there's, uh, I have so much respect for Sandy and David, her husband. Yes. Um, they're a great couple. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, have a lot to be grateful to and, and thankful to them for. So, yep, that's, that's, okay. uh, that's good. She's, she is uh, an amazing woman. Yes, and I think if you want to know a little bit more about Sandy and David, remember to just go to horsechats.com and search for Sandy, search for David, or if you search for Simon, you'll find them both. Yes. Rod, now what about horses? Have you got a horse you think that's influenced you? We've heard about your first horse. Is that the one that's influenced you the most or you've got another one you'd like to talk about? Um, I'd, I'd like to talk about Bo. Yep. So Bo, Bo once again, is Sandy's uh, horse. Yes, and okay. And Bo has been to all Equitanas as well. <laughs> Good. Now, Bo is an amazing horse. Incredible patience will, will stand at the back of Equitana all day and all night. And they, um, over the years, have used Bo to lead out the green, um, untouched way of the horse horses. Mm-hmm. And um, David uh, rides Bo into the venue. And you've got to understand that the, the way of the horse horses um, have never been into the city, they've never been trained, never been touched, really. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they come in... Uh, to this incredible environment with 5,000 people staring at them into this strange environment. And you can imagine how flighty they would be. Mm. And there's just something about Bo that settles them and shows that that natural leadership um, that the horses trust and they just follow Bo in into the middle and he leads them into their pens. Uh, as if he, as if they've been doing it all their lives. It's uh, and uh, I love Bo. I think Bo's one of the great horses, and there's nothing so special. Yeah, you'll never see Bo at a World Equestrian Games or Olympic Games <laughs> or anything. But uh, for me, Bo is exactly what a horse should be. Just yeah, a beautiful nature beast. Mm. All right. Look, I know that you've talked about lots and lots of great memories and everything, and especially opening the doors of that first Equitana and riders talking with each other and, you know, everything coming together. But what about your challenges? What's been your biggest challenge to get it all going and not just get it going once, but to keep it going for 20 years? Mm. Well, the biggest challenge has been the business side of Equitana. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, um, you know, we make a lot of money out of Equitana. There's yep. some sort of faceless corporate. We're not. We're a family business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughter works in the business, and uh, um, you know, Daryl has had his family in the business over the years as well. And um, so, you know, we're no one special. We're just uh, business people like the rest of the equine industry trying to make our way. And, uh, you know, the business aspects, people don't know, but do you know the the first six events didn't make any money at all. Wow. And we carried that. We Luckily, we had an event portfolio that was profitable, and we mm-hmm. were able to carry Equitana. And our accountants and lawyers used to say to me, you're mad. <laughs> if, you know, any other businessman would just cut yep. this and say, look, it's not going to work. 
Um, and I used to say, why are you persisting with this? And I used to say, look, this is something I'm really passionate about. And yep. It's an immense challenge to get this thing to work, to wash its face financially. And to me, it was the greatest personal challenge uh, in business, that is, mm-hmm. um, that I've ever faced. And I was determined not to walk away from Equitana. To me, I could see that one day um, it's going to turn around and that we will get the support from um, businesses who want to be exhibitors there and we will sell enough tickets if we get the formula right. And it taught me that in, in business, you have to constantly be experimenting with what your business model is and what your financial model is. And that's what we did. Daryl and I used to rack our brains on how we could sell the tickets, how we could um, offer our exhibitors uh, a better marketplace so it was worth their while that they could make money themselves within Equitana. And um, the things that we did were um, we changed the German model, which was very heavy on entertainment, we Australianized it, if you like, by putting more competition. So um, the, the Australian horse people want to see the best horsemanship. They want to see the best high-end competition in a in a venue that's of true European quality. Um, they wanted a clean environment, etc. They didn't want all the cheesy entertainment. You know, they wanted to see the best horses and. So that's what we did. We changed the model. Yep. Um, the smartest thing we ever did was create a super ticket because it gave a really good value for money mm-hmm. package yes. to um, you know, people who wanted to spend all four days at the mm-hmm. event. We changed the education program so it was different every day. Um, people um, could see all their, their stars and areas of interest to them over the four days. So um, uh, we, we learned a lot about that. And eventually we worked out the formula um, that Equitana is today, where it's great value for money to come and see. Um, mm-hmm. It's not expensive. If, if, you, if you just want to spend $45, you can spend minimum eight hours there yep. and never be bored. Mm. That's one of, one of the few events in Australia which um, it defined what interactive events are because exhibitions, to me, are boring. If you think of the old motor show, for instance, where all there was was a pile of cars parked there, all shiny and new, and if you're lucky, you could queue up and sit in one, and that was about it. So after about half an hour, I used to get bored at motor shows. Mm. But when you think about Equitana, one of the things we did was we put the education arenas amongst the expos. So one second, you could be looking at a new saddle. The next second... You could be looking at a grant showing you a fantastic technique. Yep, and that that kept people engaged. It it, it it was probably the first truly interactive event in Australia that did all of that. And you could buy your program. You could plan each day around the education program and all the different aspects you wanted to attend. And what we achieved was that people would arrive early in the morning and they would leave late at night. And they would literally eat three meals a day at the event. Mm-hmm. And I challenge anyone to this day, over four days, people um, who can do that at a big city event. You know, not many people do because you think of going to t- tennis, for instance. You know, you, 
buy a ticket for the morning session, then you buy yes. a ticket for the nighttime session. It's different. Equitana, you buy one ticket, you're there all day, and it's great value for money. And we're we're very keen to ensure that that that, that model stays forever. And that's what we're working. Thinking about business owners themselves, is that what you'd recommend for people if they wanted to get something work, they were really passionate about it, they felt that it could work, you'd say constantly experiment, give people value for money and be prepared to change and move with the times? Is that the sort of advice you'd be giving them? Yeah, absolutely. My Mm -hmm. philosophy in business is that you'd never stop experimenting. You yep. never stop looking at new ideas and trying them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, particularly if you don't grow your business, your business will die. Your okay. business in, in today's environment has to be dynamic. So you know that's why we try and find innovation. Every time we do an Equitana, we try and find innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, new activities, new competitions, new presentations new ways of, um, of displaying things. And there's a little nuance so that we want to make sure that people can come every year if they want to, uh, to Equitana, but each time they'll say, yep, that was a bit different to last time and there were new things I learned. And uh, businesses need to be dynamic like that. Uh, if, you, if you sit on your hands and you decide, well, I've got this perfected now, um, you, you're not going to last very long. Because... Okay. Uh, Business business needs to move with the time, mm-hmm. and you need to you need to grow your business because what we've found is that venues, labour, everything, temporary infrastructure becomes more and more expensive every time, and so your margins get squeezed, and that's what happens in all businesses. You know, the labour costs, rental costs, everything gets squeezed. So you've got to grow your business uh, so that you can afford to pay increased wages, etc. So it's, we're no different. We're not. We're, we're not immune to that. Uh, so that's yep. what we're constantly experimenting with. So if you were looking at at horse business owners, because a lot of horse business come to showcase their products at Equitana, what would mm. you say is a common fault that you see with the horse business owners? Um, I think a common. I, I think. Uh, so it's hard to say because everyone's business is different. But yep. if it was a common fault, I'd say um, you know, presentation is everything. Okay. You know, an exhibition is a microcosm of a market. So when you you think when you're in the high street and you've got shop after shop after shop, and sometimes you've got two businesses next to each other that are very similar. They might be tech businesses, you know, they might be feed businesses, etc. I mean, and you've you've got to present yourself so within within a, a click of your finger, people can see a difference. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that: presentation and colour, movement, etc. And what attracts you to that business? And you've got to get them into the door because you know, once they're in the door, your product, the quality of your product, and your personality as a as a person and ability to uh, communicate will make the difference. But what is it that, that will attract them in the first place for that split second? Oh, I think I'll go into that shop, not the other one. That is presentation. And uh, so um, we, we found in the early days that we worked closely with businesses about how they presented themselves and uh, 
don't just turn up with a, a table with a cloth over it and put your product on there. Actually display them and train your people to talk and you know, win over people. Mm-hmm. And we've seen over the 20 years this fantastic sophistication in retail and presentation that uh, the equine um, industry has developed. And it's, uh, it's very exciting now. And it's great to see the great displays at Equitana and the way people are doing businesses and presenting themselves. It's, it's very sophisticated now. And, you know, people have learned a lot about what other businesses from overseas in bigger markets than Australia are doing. And they're now using them to make improvements to their own businesses. So it's, yep. it's been great to see that. Good, good. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. The next thing I was going to ask is what are you looking forward to? I I sort of think I know I'm looking forward to November myself, but long-term, you know, think sort of past next Equitana, what's your long-term plans in the future? What's happening there? Well, I was saying to our team the other day that we're 20 years young Mm. and there's still so much innovation that we can introduce to our business um, that uh, it's really exciting me. So for the first time this year, for instance, we're going to do a um, young um, sports horse equine auction. And um, there's nothing really in Australia at the moment that is really specialised about selling sports horses, about offering them really high premium horses and um, we're not going we're, we're going to do a bit of a toe in the water we're, we're only offering about 18 horses mm-hmm. we think yep um, we're still attracting some of them but the idea is to have six rainers six jumpers and six dressage horses and really try and set a premium with what we're offering this year so that uh, we can attract people even from overseas to come over and buy them and bid on them mm-hmm. So um, that, that's that's one way we're going to grow and innovate. Um, another one is new competitions. There's some great new things happening in uh, in Western disciplines. You know, it's, it's a really growing market, and we we want to be part of that and presenting um, new competitions and uh, styles, etc. Uh, we're having a fashion parade this oh, year. Wow. Something we yep. haven't done before. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's little little bits of innovation that make a difference, and uh, that's what we're that's that's what we're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, this the footprint of uh, this year's Equitana is the biggest we've ever had. We're introducing um, um, indoor warm up arenas, bigger grass arenas. You know, it's uh, it, it really excites me that we've still got the desire to do this, and uh, and working with the showgrounds to create um, what I think is. A, a really legitimate European quality venue for horses. You know, we're, we're the only people who purpose build a 5,000 seat horse arena. Yep. And we build it for four days. It costs a fortune to do that, but it's something that I feel we have to do because we're trying to set a standard and uh, we want to showcase the best horsemanship and the best competition, but we want to do it in the best environment and that's what we're trying to build mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um i don't profess that over the years we've got it totally right but every time we do an equitana you know what we learn something yes we use that knowledge to improve the event every time so you know i can say to everyone that we try our heart out to uh, to improve and to better 
ourselves and the event every time. Okay. And, uh, um, yeah, we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> okay, okay. I think that's a great attitude too, you know, saying that we're not perfect, but we keep improving and keep getting better and keep getting better. And, yeah, even if you're perfect yeah. this year, you know that you're going to keep innovating and, and get, well, you can't get better than perfect, but, you know, get better and better all mm. the time. And I think that's a good message to people who are thinking about coming. And if they say, well, I, I, I went last time, you know that this time it's going to keep getting better and better. Exactly. Yeah. What's, tell us what the philosophy for Equitana is. You know, if you've got an underpinning philosophy, just for people who don't know. The philosophy is to um, respect the attendees mm-hmm. and uh, to respect what they have to say and listen. Um, and the other side is to respect the businesses that come to Equitana. So we create two very specific environments. Uh, One, uh, the people that come to Equitana to either see it or to contribute to it. So you've got your competitors, you've got, you know, the the, the welfare of the horses, all those sorts of things. There's a whole um, group of people that you have to look after and respect. So that's one side of it. But then... We create this economic environment through the expo and we're very, very respectful of our um, exhibitors. They pay a lot of money to be at Equitana and it's not just the cost of being an exhibitor at Equitana. They bring people to uh, work on their exhibition stands. They have to accommodate them, they have to feed them, they have to transport them there. So we're very respectful um, of of that fact and we, we do try and make sure that it's a very fair environment for everyone and uh, the competition between businesses is fair and we try and um, drive the attendance so that they have a commercial outcome as well mm-hmm. and our philosophy is to create that environment so that everyone has a fantastic experience and wants to come back to Equitana because if we didn't have that attitude and people said, you know what, you people don't care about us. We're not coming back to it for time. Yes. We are out of business in a heartbeat. So as I say, we, we don't always get it right, but we're always trying to get it right. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So respect is the, is the key word. Look, I think that's a wonderful philosophy. Mm. Yep. So, Rod, if people would like to contact you, What's the best website? What's your best contact details? Uh, the best website is uh, mm-hmm. and there's a contact us page on there. And um, the other side is uh, our Facebook and Instagram accounts. Uh, they're very active and um, we're, we're, we're very much in the world of social media these days and that's a great method for people to reach out to us as well. Yep, good, good. So uh, they're the best methods. Perfect. Rod, it's been very good talking to you. I've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to Equitana in November. Hopefully people will have listened to this, understand how passionate you are about putting together the best event that is possible. And I think that that itself is good, that you're going to keep improving, keep innovating, and uh, it'll just keep getting better and better. So looking forward to seeing you in November. Thank you, Glennis. It's been great talking to you too, and uh, I really appreciate the opportunity you're giving me to to speak about Equitana. Uh, thank you. That's okay. And remember too, if people would like to look for some, uh, quite a few of the people who are at Equitana have already been interviewed from Horse Chats. So have a look at horsechats.com. 
and just go to there and go to the search and do a search for the people, you know, if you go to the Equitana page, equitana.com.au and have a look at some of the educators that are there and then just if you'd like to hear a little bit more about them, go to horsechats.com and search for that educator's name and you'll find it. Thanks, Rod. Good to talk to you and uh, we'll see you at Equitana and we might even get you back before then to talk a bit more. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll see you and everyone else at Equitana. Thanks, Glamis. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 